This morning, of course, we're celebrating Easter. I just want to bring out some principles about the Easter story that I think is outstanding. And as I was reading the Easter story this week, there was a few things that really popped out to me because I believe that when you read the Bible, the Bible is applicable to your life. That means you can use it for your life. And I hear an amen. The Bible is just not a story uh, that we just read from time to time, but it's a narrative that is transformational if you allow it to be transformational in your life. And so I'm asking you today, I'm challenging you today to open up your ears and really listen and open up your heart to the resurrection story. And I want you to see yourself in this story this morning because when you begin to see yourself in this story, I'm telling you, it has the potential to change your life forever. Now, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. The scripture will be behind me. So give me a few moments to share with you some principles from the uh, story of the resurrection. And I want to bring out a few things I think is important. Um, If you go to Mark chapter 16, uh, it's the same resurrection story. And I want you to see this perspective of the story in Mark chapter 16. And it begins in verse number Verse number one. Now listen to this account of the resurrection. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, brought spices that they might anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe setting to the right, and they were so alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, but he is risen. He is not here. See the place where the Lord lay. And go tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, and they were, tr- they were trembling and they were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. This is a very interesting account of the resurrection story. Um, it's almost as if these women in the story is surprised. They wasn't expecting to find Jesus to be risen from the dead. As a matter of fact, if I read it correctly, the Bible says they were saying to themselves... Who is going to roll away the stone for me? Who's going to roll away the stone for us? You see, these women love Jesus very much, and so they knew that a part of their tradition was to anoint the dead body with some fragrance and with some oils, and they didn't have time to do that because of the holiday of Passover. So these women loved Jesus so much that they was going to make a point to make sure his body was anointed with some sort of anointing oil. And so they're on their way to the tomb and they were talking and conversing among themselves who is going to roll away the stone for us. Now, can I just stop here and just infer something on the text? Where's the brothers at? You have three sisters who are concerned about rolling away the stone and yet there's no mention of the brothers. Thank God for women. Can I hear an amen? Here... Here you have, and and you don't see no brothers. You don't see no brothers volunteering to remove the stone. You don't see Peter. You don't see John. You don't see Andrew. You don't see any of the brothers concerned 
about rolling away the stone, you just got three women thinking to themselves, who's going to roll away the stone? And I've got to give props to the women because, you know, they just went by faith. They didn't know who was going to do it, but somehow they knew that God was going to help them out. How many's ever been in a situation you didn't know how God was going to do it, but I'm going to take the first step anyway, and somehow it's all going to work out? Can I hear an amen? These women, these women were so perplexed. They, they didn't know what was going on. They had no idea. They were surprised to find Jesus risen from the dead. Life is like a box of chocolates. Sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get. These women were so surprised. I mean, they're just going to anoint the body and they had no idea that that day was going to change their life. They had no idea. They didn't really believe the message of Jesus. If they had believed it, they would have anticipated His resurrection. So they came to the tomb and found Him risen from the dead. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, can I just tell you something? This story is so significant because this is what I found. Get this. Three women saying to themselves and one another, who's going to roll away the stone for us? They're walking. As they were walking, they did not realize that God was working. Sometimes you've got to learn to walk and realize that as you're walking, He is working. Hallelujah. Can somebody just wave your hand right there and say, that's right, Pastor. You've got to make a decision that I don't know how God's going to work it out. I don't know how all the pieces of the puzzle is going to fit together. I don't know how God's going to supply it. I don't know how God's going to meet my need but I'm going to be obedient and continue to do what I know to do and continue to walk because as I'm walking, I know God is working. Those women, I'm about to shout up in here, those women, those women did not realize that as they were walking, the Holy Spirit sent an angel to roll away the stone. They didn't know. They, they didn't comprehend. And I'm just going to prophesy to you all today, some of you may be discouraged. Some of you may be scratching your head. Some of you may be wringing your hands. I don't know what God's doing. I, I've prayed and I don't see anything happening. I don't know what. I don't know how God's going to provide for me. But the word of encouragement to you and the challenge from the word of God to you today, you need to learn to continue to walk even when you're confused. Learn to walk even when you're afraid. Learn to walk when you don't understand the details. Learn to walk because as you're walking, I promise you, He is working. And when they got there, when they got there, the angel rolled away the stone and they were perplexed. They were astonished. Isn't that how it works in our life? We pray for something and then when it answers, we're like, well, didn't you pray for it? These women were so, these women were astonished and surprised that God was working. You know, John 20, verse 2, they'll have it behind me. John chapter 20, verse 2, another account of the resurrection says that 
very similar. The other account says in John 22 that they ran, and of course Simon Peter was also there. And this account says Simon Peter was there, and, and they begin to question some of these women, and Peter begin to question, what have you done with our Lord's body? You see, they didn't realize what God was doing. They were questioning, where is his body at? Where did you take his body at? Verse number 9 of chapter 20 of the same book, John 20 verse 9, they said, the Scripture says, they didn't even know the Scriptures. They wasn't even thinking that Jesus might could be raised from the dead. So do you see these women in the story? These women in the story wasn't anticipating a resurrected Jesus. These women in the story wasn't thinking that God was going to raise Jesus from the dead. All they were concerned about is getting the stone away from the door so they can anoint His body. And I just want to encourage you to let you know that even though they were not anticipating a resurrected Jesus, God did more than they could ever imagine. God surprised them and did more than they could ever imagine. You see, this is something interesting. Y'all ready for something interesting? Y'all ready? Lori Jane, you ready for this? So, you've got to walk, and as you're walking, he's going to what? Work it out. I saw something else. I get so excited, you know. I get, get so excited. I know some people get excited about football, and I think that's awesome. And I'll, I'll come and watch it with you as long as you have pizza. I'll watch it with you. You know, and I'll scream at the TV. Hey, I, I like to take my frustrations out. I'll just scream too with you. You know, so, I mean, so, you know, I could be your brother. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> but I get really excited about the Word of God, okay? And this is something I saw that I didn't see before. So, you've got to walk. As you're walking, he's, he's working. But isn't it interesting to me isn't it interesting to me that um, the Bible says in Matthew 27, 66, Matthew 27, verse 66 says that after Jesus was put in the tomb, the Bible says that Pilate made sure that the tomb was secure. He sealed the stone and he put a guard there. So, you know, there was some rumors going around that the disciples might go in and, do, and, and steal the body. So Pilate was like, I'll tell you, I'll fix the problem. I'll put a Roman seal on the stone and I'll put a guard by the stone. Now, we know that that's true, but you know what's interesting? Is that in the books of the Bible, do you know that uh, in the books of this Bible that there are occasions where the Scripture tells us that the soldiers are not mentioned? Or if they are mentioned, there is no names attached to them. For instance, in the book of Mark, it mentions the soldiers, but doesn't mention their names. The book of Matthew doesn't even mention that there was soldiers, but we, knew, we know they're soldiers. Luke don't mention that they're soldiers, and John don't mention they're soldiers. Actually, Mark, Matthew is the only account that mentioned they're soldiers. Mark don't mention them, Luke don't mention them, John don't mention any soldiers, Matthew mentioned some soldiers and they were afraid and fell out at the tomb. That's it. All the other accounts of the resurrection 
does not mention any soldiers. And I begin to ask myself the question, if Pilate put a seal over the stone, over the tomb, and if Pilate put soldiers there to guard the tomb, then why is it that in the accounts of the resurrection, only one gospel mentions that there are soldiers and doesn't even mention their names? The other accounts like Mark and Luke and John don't even mention there are soldiers. And you know what I believe that the spiritual principle behind this implication is? Is because it don't matter. Now let that sink into you. It's simplistic, but it's so true. Pilate put soldiers there. He put guards at the tomb and sealed it with a Roman seal. But yet the accounts of the resurrection doesn't mention any of the soldiers but one account in Matthew. So the point of the matter is, it don't matter what the enemy has done. It doesn't matter what he's trying to do because it really don't matter. What are you saying, Pastor? I am saying that sometimes we focus so much upon the opposition that's coming against us that the writers of the Gospel story says it don't really matter what Pilate tried to do. It don't matter how many guards he put there because it's the enemy. And in the long run, it doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. It doesn't matter. Oh, hallelujah. And how many of us, how many of us focus so much of our attention on the devil? You know, I grew up in the old church. We talked about the devil every Sunday. You know, we get up and we preach, take back what the devil stole. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what he stole because at the cross of Calvary, I got everything back that he stole. Hallelujah. But that's another story. So, uh, you know, we focus so much on the devil. And you know what? Listen here. Listen to this. The women are coming to the tomb and they're saying to themselves, who's going to roll away the stone? They never one time said, who's going to take care of the guards for us? I like those women. Because <laughs> they're like, I don't care how big you are, we're going to get in that tomb and we're going to anoint his body, baby. <laughs> I don't care how, uh, how much weaponry you have. These three sisters are going to go in that tomb today. Praise God for some Holy Ghost filled women. So, it don't matter. My challenge to you today is do not focus on things that don't really matter in your life. Why are we constantly praying about things that really don't matter? Praying about people who make us look bad and done bad to us. Does that really matter? Does it? Does the guards really matter? If you believe in the God of the Bible, then the guards should never matter and the stones should never matter. We believe in a God that strengthens His people in the face of opposition and obstacles. This story teaches us that no matter how big the stone is, if you keep walking, he's going to keep working. This story teaches us that there are some things that just really don't matter in life. 
These women wasn't too concerned about it, were they? They kept working. They kept walking. You see, it's interesting, and I'm not a nurse, thank God, and I'm not a doctor, a medical doctor, and, um, and I think that this is correct. I should have clarified this with all the nurses in the building. If I get this wrong, just shout anyway, okay? Just act like I'm smart. So Sister Patty, Chris, and all of you all can correct me, Tori, and all of you. If somebody leaves the hospital against medical advice, I do believe it's called AMA. Is that correct? And AMA stands for Against Medical Advice. The hospital cannot make you stay. And they can strongly encourage you to stay. But really, they cannot make you stay. You can leave. So if you leave, it's against medical advice. You go against their advice. You go against their authority. AMA. I thought about that. The biggest AMA ever recorded happened 2,000 years ago. <laughs> against medical advice. The, de the devil didn't want him to leave. Tried to make him stay. But against all advice, he got up and walked out. Death, I'm about to shout hallelujah. Death didn't want Jesus to leave. But Jesus got up and walked right out of there against advice. Somebody say hallelujah. Pilate wanted him to stay by putting a Roman seal over the door but AMA, he went against medical advice and got up out of the grave and walked right out. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the guards tried to make him stay. But against all advice, he got up and walked right out. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this man, Jesus, this morning, you can't keep him down. The world can't even understand him. Enemies have tried to destroy him. Schools have tried to explain him away and leaders have tried to ignore him. Herod tried to kill him when he was a baby. The Pharisees have tried to confuse him. People have tried to hold him. Hitler has tried to silence his message. New Age philosophy of our day tries to replace him. I want to let you know today that Jesus told Mary and Martha, don't you weep and don't you mourn, for I am the resurrection and I am the life. And even though I was dead, I am alive forevermore. What are you saying, preacher? I am saying this, that it is Easter. I said it's Easter. And it's time for us to rejoice. Rejoice because He has conquered death. Rejoice! He has conquered the grave. Rejoice! He has broken the power of sin. Rejoice! He has bruised the head of a serpent. Rejoice! He has delivered us from the evil one. Rejoice! He has risen with healing in His wings. Against all advice, He came out of the grave singing there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Hallelujah!
We serve a risen Savior today. What does this story teach us? It teaches us that as you walk, He's working. It teaches us that there are some things that don't really matter in life. The third thing, I thought about this story. Now, when I, sometimes when I write a sermon, I'll go hours and hours and hours, hours, walking the floor, reading it over, have the Holy Spirit to help me, then I'll study with commentaries, go over and over this. There is something that I think is worthwhile for me to bring out. Because if I was Jesus, you know, I, I just break, I, I, you know, if I was Jesus, I'd probably misuse my power, you know. I'd probably make the Pharisees be suspended in the air, you know, and I probably would do, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'd play around with my power a little bit. But Jesus never abused his power because he didn't need to prove himself to anyone. But I thought to myself, why would Jesus not stick around at the tomb? I mean, here is the angel. Now get this. The angel comes down, rolls away the stone. There's three women. <gasps> They're perplexed. Jesus was already gone, right? When the women got there, Jesus was already gone. The tomb, the stone was rolled away. Jesus was gone. Now, I'm thinking in this story, if I was Jesus, if I was the man, I'd at least hang around and, you know. Y'all want to see my scars? <laughs> Better go back and tell Pilate, I'm back. <laughs> you know, I, I would play around. You know, I would, you know, I would play around with it a little bit. But Jesus is gone. He's gone. The women are there. The, the stone is rolled away. The angel is there. And you know what the angel says in Mark? <laughs> this is so powerful, I think. I mean, it's... it's I read it, I was like, thank you, Lord. I said, why wouldn't Jesus be there? I mean, I would. And here is, lo and behold, a scripture. The angel says in Mark 16, verse 6. Now listen to this. Mark 16, verse 6. But he said to them, this is the angel, to the women, do not be afraid, don't be alarmed. I know you're seeking for Jesus. He was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. So come in and see the place where he, where he was laid. Then the angel says in verse 7, but go tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Hold on. The angel said, go quickly, go to Peter, go to the other disciples and tell them, for Jesus, Jesus is going before you in Galilee. Where is the resurrected Jesus? He is going before us. Can I say that one more time? Where is Jesus? He is going before us. Christ's point, where is He? He's going before us. He's going before your family. He's going before your friends. He's going before this nation. He is going before us. 
There is no reason for us to be afraid because mercy and truth is going before us. He was going to meet them, listen, where they were going. Because we serve a God who is before us. We serve a God who meets us where we are going. Isn't that ironic? Isn't it ironic that we can stand in His presence today and declare that I don't know what the future holds? Because we don't. Although we would like to think that the future holds good things, but many of us could testify we've we face tragedy in our life. But no matter what the future may hold, we can be confident in the resurrection story that He is already before us. He's already there. And if He's already there, it's going to be alright. The angel said, the angel said, go tell, go tell the disciples, go tell Peter that I'm going to meet them on their way. I'm going to meet them as they're walking. I'm going to meet them. Why did he tell Peter? Why, why does the Scripture tell these women, go tell Peter and the disciples? Why Peter? Why are you pinpointing Peter? Because Peter denied the Lord three times. Peter is feeling regretful. Peter is feeling the burden of shame. The resurrection story teaches us that God cares for you as an individual. He pinpointed Peter as an individual. I care for you, Peter. I know you're facing the burden of your shame and your guilt of what you've done. But because I'm resurrected, you have a new beginning. You have a new chance, Peter. He goes before us. John chapter 20, verse 1. John chapter 20, verse number 1. It's interesting to me. The Bible says on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. These women in this account is going to the tomb while it's still dark. But isn't it crazy to think that while it's still dark, God was working. He was rolling the stone away even when it's dark. Because point number four, things change when it's the darkest. It's dark outside. But He was rolling away stone. It's dark in your life. It's bleak in your life. But things always change for the better when it's the darkest. I'm telling you that it may be dark in your life today, but you're at the right place at the right time because when it was dark, that's when the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away when it was dark. Sometimes we want this epiphany to happen to us. But sometimes God works in the darkest places of our life. In other words, He works the night shift. 
Everybody else is sleeping, but he works the night shift. He works. He got up when it was dark. And I prophesy to some of you, I know it's dark in your life, but get up. I know you want to give up. I know it's dark. But if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, then it can quicken your mortal body. Get up. I said get up. Get up. I don't care how dark it is. Get up. I don't care how discouraged you are. Get up. I don't care how sick you are. Get up. When it's the darkest, that's when it is an opportunity for God to roll away the stones in your life. Hallelujah. What, what does this teach us? It teaches us that as you are walking, He is working. <laughs> teaches us that there are some things that don't really matter. Can't even remember the name of the enemy. It don't matter. It teaches us number three, that He will meet you where you're going. Teaches us that when it's the darkest is when God really moves in conclusion. Today is April Fool's Day, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it April Fool's? There's many speculations about how April Fool's was started. Many people think that years ago that somebody, the dates of the new year was kind of was twisted a little bit. and So they tried to cover it up and say, well, it was a joke. And, you know, many different philosophies and theories about how April Fool's has come along. And, and April Fool's is a day around America especially, but there's other countries, it's an actual holiday. But on April Fool's, it's usually a day where we just play practical jokes. And as I thought about this resurrection Sunday morning, all of you look so good this morning, your Sunday best. I can't help but to dismiss church today and let you know that the greatest practical joke that was ever played was on the devil. Because he really thought he had him. I mean, he really thought he had him. I mean, he really thought that after three days there was no hope. I'm telling you, Herod thought he had him when he was a child, and God played the practical joke on that man. Pilate thought he had him, but God played a practical joke and said, no, 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 you think that this is the end of the story. The joke's on you, God. 